Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Someone ought to say, praise the Lord. Wow, wasn't that wonderful? Give God another hand praise. What he's done for me. That beautiful praise and worship is a reminder that when we come to worship, we should bring our praise with us. There are too many of us who come to worship hoping that the preacher will say something or the praise and worship team will do something that will make us feel the presence of God. But when we learn to daily expose ourselves to worship, when daily you are praising God by yourself, you bring your stuff with you. Praise his holy name. And you are a worshiper. Paul and Silas in jail around midnight, they basically said, you did not create us to worry. You did not create us to fear. And probably Paul turned to Silas or Silas turned to Paul and basically said, I don't know about you, but even though we have been beaten, even though we have been bruised, I believe we ought to have some church up in here right now. And their praises went up because they were worshipers. And uh, I've learned that when my praises go up, what happens? My blessings come down. Oh, blessed God shook. Didn't he do it? He, he, he shook the foundation of that prison. So I'm telling you, they, they just released what I've been doing all week, and I thank you so much for these beautiful praise songs. Let's give God another hand clap of praise. I asked God to guide me as I was coming here this morning, and I pulled up, and I I parked right behind Maggie Hernandez. So I said, Lord, you're really guiding me, aren't you? So I was led into the church by Maggie. So I said, look at God guiding this poor blind man as he enters into the house of the Lord. Oh, bless his holy name. I want to talk about sent by God to be a blessing. God has laid this on my heart. He has laid it on my heart because I believe Henry David Thoreau is right when he wrote, the masses of people live lives of quiet desperation. Wow. The masses of people, says Thoreau, they live lives of quiet desperation. One of the reasons why when someone pulls into certain people's driveway, they're looking for a weapon to defend 
themselves is because they are living lives of quiet desperation. Many are living in fear. I walked into a Walmart after one of the mass shootings and I was looking around in a different way than the way I normally look around when I go into a Walmart and I didn't know whether an AR-15 was poised somewhere that I did not see. And whenever you are afraid, you need to understand that God has not given you that spirit. Uh, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given you a spirit of fear. A knock on the door should not trigger you reaching for one of your many weapons. I have a wonderful neighbor. She's a blessed, blessed believer, but she has a security system that is absolutely amazing. <laughs> She's a physician. And when I step into my yard, I am immediately warned by her security. We've got our eyes on you, and if you make a move and move in this direction, I said, Lord, have mercy. So I, I said to my neighbor, I said, you see me a lot because I am often on your camera because if I open my door, I hear your security system warning me about what is about to happen. The masses of people live lives of quiet desperation. When I was studying uh, uh, graduate, doing graduate work in psychology, I had the blessed privilege of having Viktor Frankl, the father of logotherapy, as one of the visiting professors. Frankl wrote an amazing book, Man's Search for Meaning. Franklin was at Auschwitz. He was in the concentration camp during World War II. And he noticed that there were people in the concentration camp that you expected to die, and they didn't. And there were people in the concentration camp who looked a little more robust, who were younger, and who were healthier, and, and, and they did die. And Frankel came up with this notion. He was already a psychiatrist. He came up with this notion that Freud was wrong. Libidinal urges are not what it's all about. Adler was wrong. It's not about inferiority and superiority complexes. It is a search for meaning. And he quoted Friedrich Nietzsche, people can take any how if you give them a why. People are asking for why, why? My God, my God, why have you? forsaken me, wrote the Psalter in the 22nd Psalm, verse 1, and David quotes it, or rather, our Lord quotes it from Calvary. When Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was not an appalling cry of dereliction and desolation. He was praying the scriptures, which is something you could learn to do. I do it. I pray the scriptures for at least an hour a day. He was praying the scriptures. He was praying the 22nd Psalm, verse 1, a messianic psalm. When he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit, he was praying the 31st Psalm, verse, verse 5. So, beloved, we need meaning in our lives. And our blessed Lord said in John chapter 10, verse 10, I have come that you may have a rich 
and satisfying life. You cannot have a rich and satisfying life without meaning. But he has given you the privilege of participating in saving the world. You are not the salt of Orlando. You are the salt of the earth. Privilege. You are not the light of your neighborhood. You are the light of the world, says our blessed Lord. He has given us a raison d'etre, a reason for being. He has made us children of the Most High God. First John 3, 1 and 2, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the daughters and sons of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Behold, now are we already, now are we the sons and daughters of the Most High God and this I love, I love it, I love it, I love it. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. <laughs> but we know that when Jesus shall appear, we shall what? Be like him. When you meet Chaplain Black in heaven, do not look for a bald-headed chaplain. <laughs> look for that afro. We shall be like him. Did you, did, did you remember it says in Revelation when John saw him, he had hair like wool. Look for the fro when you see me in heaven. Oh, bless his holy name. We shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. And he has given you and me a mission. I don't care what your job is. I don't care what your major is as you are prepared to ad advance. He has given you and me a mission and we're going to go to our Bible passage to learn Learn about how we are sent by God to be a blessing. Because this is John chapter 20. We can put it on the evening of that first day of the week. When the disciples were together with the doors locked for what? For fear. Okay. So if you're going to be sent to be blessed by God, you got to learn how to deal with your fears. They, they are dealing with it with locked doors. They crucified our Lord, and they're coming after us. The first heralds of the gospel of the resurrection, the first heralds were women. The men were locked up and hiding. And they didn't believe the women. They said, these women are talking nonsense. You better listen to the women, brothers and sisters. Oh, bless his holy name. I, I got to get a praise the Lord from somebody for that. So they, they were locked for fear of the Jewish elite. Ah, here it is. Jesus came and stood among them and said what? Listen to me. If you're going to be sent to bless others, you must first experience the peace of God for yourself. Time and time again, our blessed Lord says, peace be with you. Are you experiencing the peace of God for yourself? Oh, praise the name of Jesus. Listen, 
Peace is his going away present for you and me. Okay. If you're taking notes, learn how to deal with your fears. If you're taking notes, secondly, experience the peace of God for yourself. It's his going away present. I'm leaving. I'm going to ascend into heaven. But I got a little something, something for you before I leave. What is it, Lord? Is it a Maserati? Oh, 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 what is it, Lord? Is it that Mercedes that I always, what are you leaving with? No, 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 no. Because the Ferrari and the Maserati uh, and the Bentley, no, no, no. That is not going to give you the joy at that. But, but this is what I'm leaving with you, John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. Oh, somebody ought to say hallelujah to that. Peace I leave with you. My Peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. It's not about titles. It's not about academic degrees. You can have more degrees behind your name than a thermometer, but if you don't have peace of God, it's not going to make any sense. I Peace I give with you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. And then he said, let not your hearts be troubled. My God, my God. You control how you respond. Frankel said to those in the concentration camps, the Nazis, he said, you can kill me, but I choose how I will die. That's what the peace of God. Look at Calvary. They drove nails through his hands. Look at Calvary. We've got him down. Demons happy. But Jesus said, showtime. You can kill me. But I choose how I will die. Bring in the cameras. Give me my close up. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. I choose how I will die. He is the prince of peace. He takes care of his mother. Even as he is dying, woman, behold your son. John, she's your mother now. Take care of her. Some of us have parents who are alive and we're doing very well and we barely ever make any contact with them. Jesus honored his mother at Calvary. And then Matthew chapter 27 said there were two thieves cursing him. Letting out strings of expletives. But one of the thieves let out a string of expletives that caused even his partner. Probably a student at Advent University. But hey, wait, 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 hold it, brother. Really? And then you could tell about the spiritual background because he said, don't you have reverence for God? Don't you have reverential awe seeing we are in the same condemnation and this man has done nothing amiss? And then he turns to Jesus and he gets it totally wrong. He should have said, Lord, in this soteriological thrust that I am making, let the imputed righteousness of your justification cover my wretchedness. No, he said, can you hook a brother up? That's all he had. 
can you remember me? And I can see some sad Venice saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. No, brother, you didn't get it right. And you didn't go through our 40-day Bible study, baptismal class, preparation, our 40 weeks. You, you, all you said was, can you hook a brother up? But oh, our God is in the business of peace. You need to experience his peace. Peace be unto you. When I became a Navy chaplain, one of my supervisors, someone who wrote my evaluations behind closed doors, used the N-word. This is the guy writing my evaluation. And then he said, if you say I said it, it's your word against mine. And the thing looking back that amazes me is even though he was my supervisor, even though I knew he was writing my evaluations, even though I knew he could end my upward mobility immediately, I never lost a second of sleep over it because I had been taught by my mama, Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against me will be able to prosper and I had a savior who had given me peace. I've got peace like a river in my soul. Let the winds blow and the billows roll. We serve a God who can sleep through a storm. Oh, bless his holy name. Jesus came and stood before them and said, peace be unto you. After he said this, he showed his disciples his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. I would not give a dime for a religion that did not give me joy sometimes. The presence of the Lord gives joy. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 11 says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. We need more Adventists and fewer Sadventists. Okay? We, we, we turn folk around. One young man said, My mother told me not to smoke. I don't. Or listen to a dirty joke. I don't. She told me that I must not think about intoxicating drinks at pretty girls. I must not wink. I don't. Wild youth chase wine, women, and song. I don't. To stay out late is very wrong. I don't. I kiss no girls, not even one. I do not even know how it is done. You would not think I had much fun. I don't. That's not the kind of spirituality that's going to win somebody. When you sing at a jail at Philippi, Acts chapter 16 verse 25 says, the other prisoners heard them singing. Oh my God, my God. They heard them singing. The Lord is my light. They were singing the Psalms. And my salvation. Whom then shall I fear? Whom then shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom then shall I be afraid? Hey! 
singing because of the joy of the Lord, singing psalms to God. Oh, bless his holy name. And then there's one more thing I want to tell you. That is the disciples overjoyed. Ah, Jesus says, peace be with you again. And then here it is, the privilege that he gives us. He gives us a reason for being. He gives us meaning in our lives. As the Father has sent me. What you talking about, Lord? Really? Lord, you, Philippians 2, divested yourself of the prerogatives of deity. You laid aside omnipotence, all power, omniscience, all wisdom, omnipresence, the ability to be everywhere at once, the kenosis, the Greeks call it. And you made a breakthrough at Bethlehem. You took a human body. You you, you didn't even bypass puberty. You started as a babe in a manger. Somebody had to teach you how to talk and walk. It, It is an incomprehensible condescension. It is like asking a human being to be a member of the canine family to save dogs. Oh, what a, and you weren't even handsome. You didn't look like Denzel or Morris Chestnut or Brad Pitt. You didn't look like these guys. No, no. Isaiah prophesied he had no form nor comeliness. Isaiah chapter 53. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty in him that we should desire him. But he says, as the father has sent me. I don't care when you graduate, how you graduate. I am sending you forth to change your world. My mother was the daughter of a South Carolina sharecropper. She only had a fourth grade education because the girls had to work the fields if your daddy didn't have sons. So end it fourth grade, Martin King called sharecropping a new form of slavery covered up with certain niceties of complexity. The time came, annual time when the plantation owner was settling up with her father and she discovered, and so did my maternal grandfather, that my granddaddy owed the plantation owner money after he had worked a year. A new form of slavery covered up with certain niceties of complexity. And my mother made her way to Baltimore, Maryland. Someone put a handbill, an evangelistic handbill in her mailbox. She was on welfare. Public assistance. The day money will be thrown in the streets of Baltimore, Maryland, and nobody will stop to pick it up. My mother said, I'm going to that meeting. I'm not going to stay the entire meeting. I just want an answer to two questions. When will the money be thrown? And where will the money be thrown? Once I get those answers put down in my notes, I'm fine. Well, you know how we do it. That was bait. After a 12-week evangelistic meeting, she became a Sabbath-keeping Christian and already had three stair-step children, pregnant with a fourth. And as she was immersed in the watery grave of baptism, she prayed for a special anointing on her unborn child. I was that child in her womb. 
My mother noun had a reason for being. As the father has sent me, so send I you. And so my seven siblings and I matriculated in Christian schools from, from grade one all the way through graduate school. All eight of us. Because now mama had a reason for being. And she knew she was to be salt to her world. Okay? Wherever you are, that's your world. The world is my parish, said John Wesley. And she reared us. And whatever the church said, she did. Trust me. You can't eat meat. Uh, well, children, we're vegans now. Okay? Whatever it said, she did it. And she knew she was to make her world more palatable. She was to make her world more safe because in the days before refrigeration, salt was used to preserve meat to, as Matthew Henry says, to hold at bay putrefaction. In other words, to stop the stench. And she was to be a light to her world, a woman with a fourth grade education. But she knew the word of God. You are sent to bless others out in the highways and byways of life. Many are weary and sad. Carry the sunshine where darkness brings blight, making the sorrowing glad. Give as t'was given to you in your needs. Love as the master loved you. Be to the helper a help, helper indeed unto your mission be true. You all know that song, don't you? Make me a blessing, make me a blessing out of my life. May Jesus shine, make me a blessing, oh Savior, I pray. Make me a blessing. To someone today. So this is what I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you to realize that your meaning, whatever your job is, your meaning is to bless others and that you bless others by being salt and light to your world. And by the grace of God, every day before you do whatever you're going to do, you remind yourself, I'm going to be salt and light to my world. I'm going to, I'm going to bring flavor to my world. If you're a supervisor on a job, people should not high-five one another because you have a sick day. You ought to be bringing flavor to your world. You ought to be making your world more safe by your intercession. Okay? Second Chronicles 7, 14 says, God will heal your land because of your intercession. Abraham negotiated for the security of Sodom and Gomorrah. Got, a, got all the way down for the sake of 10. And then you're going to be lights. Lights illuminate. John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is true. Light warns. You see a blinking light, you, light warns. Oh, my God, okay? And then light guides. 
I want to I want to pray a special prayer to those of you who are willing to make the commitment today every day when I wake up I'm going to focus on how I can be salt and how I can be light to my world I have a privilege to be sent by Christ as he was sent by the Father. And he has left me the template. I'm going to walk even as he walked. I'm going to use the red letters of scripture to guide me. If they compel you to go one mile, go two. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Happy are you when people revile you, persecute you, say all manner of evil. There's only three chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And I'm going to walk as he walked. I've made that commitment, and I do it on a daily basis. I want to pray for anyone who is willing to join me in that commitment, and I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to pray for you. If you are joining me in that commitment of believing I have been sent by God, that is my reason for being. Oh, bless his holy name. Oh, thank you. I have been sent by God. And that is how I am going to live my life. Now, I want you to just stretch your hand toward my hand as I pray. A point of spiritual contact. Heavenly Father, this is a beautiful sight. Seal the commitments of these dear ones as they recognize as the Father has sent you, so you are sending them. Whether they eat or drink or whatever they do, may they do it for your glory as you admonish us in 1 Corinthians 10.31. And then, Lord, I ask, you say in James 4.2, we have not... Because we ask not, I am asking for each person with an outstretched hand that you fulfill the declaration of 3 John 1, 2, where you say, I would above all things, all things, that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Their extended hands indicate that their soul is prospering. And so I'm asking you, mighty father, since you wish above all things that they prosper and be in health, even as their souls prosper, that you give each outstretched hand uncommon health in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, extend their lives so that they will be instruments of your peace for we praise you in that name that is above every name, the matchless name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen and amen. Somebody shout hallelujah in this place. Someone shout praise the Lord in this place. Someone shout thank you, Jesus, in this place. God bless and keep you is my prayer. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. 
We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians. All focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.